Welcome to another episode of the Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur with your host, Sharon Wilson, founder and chief inspiration officer of Coaching from Spirit Institute and master spiritual business mentor. The intention of this show is to provide transformational tips, tools, strategies, and resources that support and empower you to soar and shine in your business now. Enjoy. Well, welcome everyone. I'm so excited you're listening in and I'm so excited for our guest today. In our talk today, he's going to be sharing more about embodying your soul and amplifying your impact. So let me introduce our amazing guest today. Our guest today is known as the soul archaeologist and is an author and spiritual teacher. He says that God expresses through him in a unique way. Being with him in transmissions results in a profoundly different felt in the body experience of the divine. For example, early in his career, he randomly air quotes, supported a number of advanced former students of Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who each said, unprompted following their initial session that was the deepest spiritual experience of my life. And I know when I first met him virtually, I had goosebumps the whole time. He supports spiritual messengers as they open to a deeper experience of the divine within, discover and integrate their unique spiritual gifts and embody their divine mission. And that is what we are all about. So I am so blessed, so grateful to have with us today, Ken Stone. Ken, thank you for being here. It's an honor to be with you, Sharon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, Ken, you know, I ask all of my guests, since my podcast is called The Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur, I ask all my guests, what does being a spiritually persistent, <laughs> and I know that that is quite a mouthful, right? Spiritually persistent entrepreneur. What does that mean to you? <laughs> well, for me, the reason, I mean, part of the reason I'm giggling is that um, spiritual persistence, it seems to me, is the... Uh, sort of the byline or the through line of, I think, where we're all being ultimately led. So for <laughs> yeah, me, <laughs> for, me <laughs> for me, being spiritually persistent is really just about honoring the divine mm -hmm. and yeah. trusting that, mm -hmm. that relationship and opening to deeper intimacy and following where led and effectively abandoning the conventional framework of what it sure. means to be an entrepreneur. Um, yes, absolutely. But you really, you really kept captured that. And that's exactly what you know, I felt I was being guided to do. You know, people told me for a long time, you know, you should do a podcast because, oh, marketing, 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 also great for this, that, and the other. And I never really felt a calling to it. But then, you know, I, in a meditation, I just felt, you know, this is a time to really support people to be spiritually persistent. And even I thought, what does that even really mean? But then as I looked over, you know, the last 22 almost 23 years now in October of, of, you know, being in this experience, I thought, yeah, this is really where I can have a platform to share with people about, about, you know, that journey, their journey and bring other people who can, who can share theirs. So can you share one challenge, just one that stands out <laughs> that you face that's helped you to activate that more in you can? <laughs> well, the, again, the giggles, I think we, how do we distill it down to one? And yet right? there really is for me, one that was, um, was and is a very, very important uh, challenge in my journey. And that 
it had to do with getting traction with clients. Mm -hmm. And it really sort of took place on the, in the transition between 2010, when I was still making a living as a mortgage lender, and 2011, when I felt guided to pursue being a spiritual messenger full-time and making my living in this way. And I had been doing group work and individual work prior to full-time pursuit. But once I left mortgage lending behind, it wasn't that there were no clients or anything, Mm -hmm. but, but it was almost crickets. And Mm -hmm. I had, I had, you know, really wonderful groups and all sorts of momentum while I was doing mortgage lending to make my living. And so I went through this process of, really being angry, frustrated, feeling like I'd been abandoned by God, um, feeling like my guidance was out of whack, you know, I mean, I could go into the whole, the whole story of it, but there, there's just kind of the, the sum total of it. And, and that, that process really led me to a place of profound surrender of really confronting my own inner belief and experience that if I just took control of my life, my business, uh, and so on, that things would work out. And I, although I thought that was true and thought I had lots of experience of that being true, it was less and less true as the years had gone by. And in those first six months of 2011, it was just brutal. It was like, no matter what I did, there was just no relief. I mean, the the suffering internally was extraordinary. And externally, I was, you know, beginning to confront the very strong possibility of being homeless and so on. And I, I, I got to this place where I thought, okay, I've got two kind of core issues. One of them, I, my language was it related to self-love and the second one related to money. Mm -hmm. And I came to a place in maybe April or May of 2011, where I realized actually it's just all love. It's just Mm -hmm. all self-love. That's the thing Mm that I can't solve for, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't, and I don't, I mean, mind you at this point, I had, I had facilitated all sorts of sessions with people who had described the outcomes as miraculous. And I was not confused that that had to do with me. I just felt like it was a function of the divine presence, Mm -hmm. you know, enlivening in them and that I was somehow this very fortunate witness to that process Mm -hmm. and so on. So you know, the contrast of here is the divine presence doing all of this amazing stuff through me or in me or as me or however you want to think of it with these people all around the world. And then the contrast of, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my bills? Yes. And um, and mm-hmm. what I realized is, and I, of course, you know, there are, there, there are all these ideas, you know, you have to find your, your niche, you have to do it this way, you blah, 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 you can't do this, you have to blah, blah, blah. And I followed all mm-hmm. of that advice. And it just brought me to deeper and deeper levels of suffering and frustration. And so one of, 
I, I actually surrendered. I scheduled. This is what a control freak I am. I scheduled my surrender. <laughs> recovering, probably. <laughs> control freak, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely recovering. But, you know, I, I will like, put myself in that category. <laughs> just, just like everyone who's recovering, it's a, it's a daily experience, <laughs> right? right? I don't want to pretend otherwise, Sharon. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> and so, so when I surrendered on the 30th of June, it was really after a lot of deep work around what my fears were. And instead of pretending that that's not what God wanted, because I didn't know what God wanted, I embraced those things not as possibilities, but as reality. Mm -hmm. And that's what allowed me to let go of control. That's what allowed me to turn my life mm -hmm. over. And for me, that transition was one of profound relief and freedom and liberation. And it led to just a very deep experience of what it means to be supported by the divine and what mm. that presence really is within each of us. It's right. not just within some of us. It's not, you know, it's not special and yet it's profoundly unique and you know, all of the wonderful uh, paradoxes that unfold when we really begin to marinate deeply in divine presence. And, and that's where I learned, you know, it's, I don't need to control, I, I can just let this expression flow. And I don't have to have an agenda. I don't have to think I understand what's happening. I can speak from pure inspiration. I don't need to run it through a filter. Um, how, however, I am, it will resonate with those that I'm meant to serve. And it's not really I, small I, it's the big I, it's the integrated, it's the embodied divine presence that is expressing that. And it's not, although the personality is part of that expression, it's not the separate personality or the separate ego. It's the whole expression of who each of us is as spiritual messengers in the world. And, and it's, and I would love to say, well, and that was the end of that lesson. And then, you know, I was on to the next one. And really what it is, is this daily moment by moment invitation to sink deeper into the experience of that since then. And it's, it's just been extraordinary. Well, I mean, that just leads us into what we really wanted to talk about. So, <laughs> so beautiful. But, you know, this really is the depth. I mean, you know, you and I spoke and, you know, my listeners know that, you know, when I was called to do this work and I really feel I'm a midwife of it, I never felt like it was, you know, I always felt like I was just being the conduit always, and, and do feel that way. But then there are those, you know, realities, right? I mean, I had three months of, of reserves in the bank. I right. was, had just had a baby and you know and and I decided you know with no plan I don't advise it unless I can I can't talk people out of it I said right. don't do it the way I did it okay right. unless I can't talk you out of it right. if I can't talk you out of it okay I'll, I'll be here and hold that space but I mean you know I it, it was and, and I it, you know and, and I, I said you know like I just know that this is going to be okay you know and to say that to you know my husband who said you know I think you're just maybe really hormonal you know and <laughs> and uh, you know uh, what's your plan here because you're quite a planner and 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 controlling person you know I mean planner 
translates to a lot of times, you know, control. Mm -hmm. You have to control everything. I've got a plan and a backup plan and a backup plan for that backup plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was the first time I really, really, truly had to surrender and say, you know, I just know that I've got to do this. If I don't do this, you know, I'll cross over and they'll be like, hey, remember that thing we said? You know, all that stuff we suggested? What happened there? You know? And I would say, oh, well, you know, it's the money. I mean, right, right. And then I'll feel really stupid. <laughs> and then, you know, there'll be a whole other bunch of things, uh, lessons I'll have, you know, I'm going to agree to. And, right. um, and I just, you know, I just knew that. And, um, and this is the, one of the things that I would like you to speak to is really this, you know, the idea of the soul embodiment, especially for the entrepreneur and how to, you know, your thoughts about transmuting that, the, as you say, the distortion, the noise, and the distance that have been holding people back from realizing their greatest potential. Well, if so, the way and I recognize that my perceptual view is maybe only my perceptual view. So I offer this as a perspective and, you know, just see what resonates and so on. And I'm happy to explore. And it's for me, it's not about the absolute truth of it. It's the 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 perceptual opening of a deeper level of intimacy with the divine. Mm -hmm. And to my way of perceiving that it happens sort of on two axes. There's the vertical axis, which is really within the body, within the temple of our, um, of the vessel that we express as, as human beings. And in that body, when, and, and it's really, I mean, of course, we're all integrated fully, we're all fully embodied and so on. But from the perspective of the illusion of separation, we, we have this journey, this spiritual journey, we embody our souls, we, you know, we become enlightened, etc. And so from that place of separation, it's, it's really this process of descending from the crown of the head down into the pelvic floor, into the hips. And as the soul descends, it enlivens everything within us. And it's a natural process. It's happening whether we're consciously aware of it or not. And we know that because we can think of moments where we've been completely present or had profound experiences of inner peace or joy. And there's no external reason for it. It's not that there's a lack of that. It's just, this thing is just bubbling up. We feel, you know, with every breath we take, there's joy at a deeper level. It's not because we're having some idea in our head or holding a feeling in our heart. It's just spontaneously erupting. That's a byproduct of the embodied soul, as is being completely present. That's vertical embodiment. That's soul embodiment, you for you. That is to say, your intimate relationship with the divine and the divine's love for you and only for you. I don't mean that the divine doesn't love everyone else. It's that as you encounter that space, the purpose, the focus of that love is just on you. That's sort of step one. Step two, as we begin interacting with others to take that inner experience, that inner relationship with divinity by whatever name, and be consciously aware of that 
and the role that that presence plays as we interact with others. And for me, that's when we start having a conversation about being a spiritual messenger. So, I mean, some people might interpret that, oh, that you mean to be a healer or a speaker or, you know, uh, that you're out in the world with some message that relates to spirituality. Mm -hmm. Sure, that could be true, but you could also be a spiritual messenger while you're um, cooking food or Mm -hmm. holding a child or it's just the conscious awareness of the relationship and presence of the divine internally now in that space with that other individual or with that group of people. And so in that dynamic, as everything is enlivened, we could say all the things that you really are, the undistorted expression of divinity that each of us is, those things are enlivened, as well as all the things that we're not. That is to say, the distortions, the the dissonance that shows up in our lives. And as those things are enlivened, if we remain present with them and allow ourselves to express that, they are transmuted. They're burnt up, like putting a log mm. into a very, very hot fire. Mm. There's nothing left of the log, right? Except maybe a little bit of ash. Mm. It burns so completely. And so it is with the wounds and traumas and all the things that we, you know, those invisible trip hazards that we keep running into as human beings, as spiritual entrepreneurs, as spiritual messengers, the things that sort of hinder us from the complete expression of who we are. And from my perspective, we don't have to really do anything about that except to be present, to embody and allow ourselves to express whatever comes up without becoming identified with it. And this is this is a bit of a paradox, right? Because mm-hmm. as spiritual people, we might think, well, if I have a positive attitude, you know, that's what it means to be spiritual. Or if I have, you know, uplifting intentions to serve others, that is what it means to be spiritual. For me, those things might be byproducts of that vertical and horizontal embodiment process, but they're not the point of it. The point of it is just deeper and deeper presence, deeper experiences of the peace that underlies everything else, the love, the resonance is the way I like to refer to it. Because you know, what I think is resonant and what you think is resonant might be very different. And yet the experience of resonance is always a byproduct of sinking down underneath all of that noise to that profound inner space where we encounter divine presence and integrate it and embody it. That is to say, we are being that in our lives. Not from a thinking place, not from a feeling place, from a being perspective. Now that, I mean, we could talk about that for another hour, just mm-hmm. what you talked about, right? Because that is so powerful. I want everyone to really just recognize that, you know, our experience today is going beyond the words. You know, it really is an activation that's happening here. And I was mentioning to Ken that before, you know, this this morning when I was meditating and I always ask for guidance and support, you know, show me what I should do, show me what I should say, show me where I should go, you know, just guide me. And I said, you know, this, this phrase popped in my head for, for the podcast and, uh, and I mentioned it to Ken and it sounds exactly like you were talking about is to bring into that present. It was, you know, whatever word, spirit, goddess, source, whatever, you know, today flow through me. And everything I think, say, and do 
so I can be an embodiment of you. And I thought that was so powerful because that's where we bring ourselves into that focus. You know, if, because that's, you know, I talk about it with partnering with spirit and everything you do, whether it's your business or your life. And that doesn't mean that you're never going to have any problems or what you see as a problem. There's some, there's some kind of, I don't know where this came from, where people always think, well, you know, when I really make a connection to, to the divine, I'm never going to, you know, I'm just going to sail through. Nothing is ever going to happen to me or anyone I love. You know, I don't know who, I don't know how that ever, but that is not the case. It is how we experience those experiences and how, how what, what we choose to um, bring through and that, and that we're not alone in those experiences. And to me, that's been the most important thing, no matter what I'm, what I'm going through or my family or my world or my planet is going through, we're not doing it alone. And, 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 and to me, that's everything, you know, because that is all then. And so, but, but that doesn't mean that we don't go through experiences that can seem to be challenging and, and, you know, that we're going to have those kinds of things. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I'm sure you hear this with clients and, and folks, especially entrepreneurs, what would you say to folks when they say, you know, Ken, I did this project or I did this campaign and I just didn't get, you know, the monetary results, you know, that I expect. I'm sure you hear that many, 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 Anytime. Yeah. What What would you say to folks? Because it's the thing I hear the most, um, uh, you know, uh, from people when they are like, you know, look at your situation when here you were, you know, you really felt you were being guided, but then you just weren't seeing yet, you know, what seemed to be the monetary results. So what, 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 what would you like to share with our listeners that, that would, how do, how do they uh, interpret that or how, how can they manage that for themselves? You know, I, it's a really important question, mm-hmm. and I, it is a common question, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's money seems to be um, maybe one of two primary questions in this mm-hmm. regard. It's, you know, how, why is money happening this way, or why is love happening this way? Mm-hmm. And I, I think if we just focus on money for a minute, it's, mm-hmm. I, it's easy to become focused on money as if there is an energy to money. Mm-hmm. Like money has a particular signature, but it's, if we shift our perspective a little bit, we can begin to see money as a consciousness amplifier. So money is a reflection of, let's think of it as the stage of consciousness that is currently integrated and embodied within any particular person. So, for example, in the first stage of consciousness, we have a tendency as human beings to sort of perceive or become identified with the disempowered and unintegrated self or separate self. And so money becomes a battle between good and evil, something to possess, but only in certain circumstances, because it might be bad. Mm -hmm. Or we might move to the second stage of consciousness, where as human beings, we have a tendency to become identified with the empowered and unintegrated or separate self. And from that perspective, money is 
a manifestation or an expression of one's ability to control and create as one desires. And so now money becomes something that I can manifest and create if I'm successful. And if I'm not, well, there's just more control that needs to be applied to this situation, either by Mm -hmm. clearing blocks or Mm -hmm. holding different intentions or refining one's approach. In other words, what have I done to attract this dynamic into my life? That's sort of one of the ways that people think about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But if we're in the third stage of consciousness where we're beginning to be identified with the whole self, it's still separate. It's still integrating because we're still in the dynamic of surrender. But in that dynamic, money is no different than any other expression of divine presence. So it exists fully expressed. So if I perceive some challenge with money from the third stage of consciousness, it's illuminating something that is opening up to be integrated within me. And from there, the pathway forward, from my perspective, is very straightforward. What is that that's coming up to be integrated? And likely it's illuminating on one of two levels, either emotionally or physically, possibly both. And if we just come back to our embodiment practice, we can feel fully whatever that is. Could be sadness, grief, sense of loss, scarcity, whatever it is. It doesn't have to even be named. It can just be felt. Mm -hmm. If we feel that in the context of embodiment, it is transmuted. And now what is transmuted is a another aspect of the whole self to be expressed. So rather than money, something outside of me, it's sort of like saying, what is the energy of health? Well, the energy of health is divine presence, right? Mm -hmm. It's just the undistorted expression of divine presence. What's the energy of money? No different. What's the energy of love? No different. What's the energy of peace? No different. It's all the same. We just perceive it in separation as separate, but in wholeness, we recognize all of this is an aspect of the divine garden that is blossoming. Now, some of these things I might experience as plants I'm allergic to, or, you know, they might look like weeds, or there may be thorns that are scraping me. To your point earlier, when we open up to that deeper experience of divinity, it's not like we're in the cotton candy world where everything is perfect according to the separate self. So for me, money is just this beautiful neon sign that is an invitation to deeper intimacy with the divine. Mm, Well, that is beautiful. That is, I just really have to breathe that in for a moment. That really is powerful. And I want everyone just to, just to breathe it in and let that work through you. Because really, we're listening now and we're talking right now, but it's, it's an invitation to, um, to really uh, activate, is what, is what I'm sensing. Can you, Ken, talk a little bit about, you talk about um, soul embodiment shifts the spiritual entrepreneur's focus from wordsmithing and marketing to being the embodiment, the embodied transmission. So th- th- I think this is really going hand in hand with what you were just saying. But, yeah. can, but, but you know, again, that's another one. People say, oh, I just don't know how to write. I don't know right. how to write this right. Whatever I wrote is not converting. You know, my, you know, my opt-in page isn't getting the people. You know, I've got this great thing I feel I'm being called to do. 
but nobody <laughs> wants to give me their email. <laughs> I mean, you know, and people right now are saying, yeah, Sharon, ask him about that. <laughs> and now, now, Sharon, why are we laughing about this? I, I just want to, let, let me just be more transparent. I One know. of the reasons I'm laughing is that I felt those things before. I know, so. exactly. That's why I'm laughing too. <laughs> because, just, because truly, I, you know, when you're in that place, it's a, it's an agonizing space to oh, be yeah. in. And the only thing we can do is bring higher vibration and laughter yeah. is that, you know, that <laughs> yeah. transmutation it's, it, yeah. you know, and also that we're just, uh, but, but I do feel that it's important for people to understand, you know, that we have to take ourselves lightly. This is part of it, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, nothing is really truly when we're, when we're provided and supported by, by a divine presence that loves us unconditionally, no matter how our opt-in page was working, no matter what, you know, and we're, and we're going to be taken care of, then we can just bring more of a lightness to all of this, right? Without a doubt. And also, to be fair, it's easier to laugh looking back on the situation well, than when you're sitting in it. It's, and so I can tell pe some people right now might be saying, well, it might be funny for you all. But. <laughs> you're, you're like, ha, 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 that was years ago. Well, I, I can think of more recently than years ago. I mean, mm -hmm. Look, here, here's sure. the thing. It's if we just let go of the meaning of words and just get into the sort of the mm. transmission underneath them, what I want to talk about is being an embodied messenger mm -hmm. and being an embodied messenger is you totally integrated. And one way that I would articulate that is to say that, the divine expression as you, which we might also call your unique gifts, are being expressed and shared with others merely by your presence when you're an embodied messenger. And just let's slow down even more. Mm -hmm. I want to slow down with yeah. my language. That's good. Because that doesn't even mean words are being spoken. Mm -hmm. And if we dig into that at a deeper level, because there's an important question here, which is, well, wait a second. What about my opt-in page? Or what about my, what I think my mission is and traction in my mission? One of the keys for being an embodied messenger is to recognize that the raw expression of who you are is divine. And in that developmental progression that I made quick reference to, stage one, two, three, of course, stage four is union consciousness. But let's just think about the first three for a moment. If we're in a disempowered and unintegrated dynamic. Well, there's nothing we can do to get this right. And everything always goes poorly. If we're in an empowered and separate dynamic, we're thinking, I just need to hold a better intention and be more clear about what my desires are. So the genie in the bottle can get me what I want. But if we're in an experience of our wholeness, even if we're still in separation, just at the level of surrender, it's 
However, that raw expression is moving through you, it is enlivening within those you're meant to serve in ways that you can't understand and you never will. So don't even try. Right. And so I want to share a story about this that I think might illuminate and illustrate this more succinctly. Years ago, we were on a retreat, and I called this retreat, not surprisingly, the Embodied Messenger Experience. And we were sitting together in a room uh, up in Estes Park. I live in Fort Collins, just down the hill. Estes is up in the Rocky Mountains, for those who aren't familiar with it. Right on a lake, beautiful setting. We're in this beautiful facility. We're gathered there for, I don't know, four or five days. Maybe it's day three. And we're talking about embodiment. And we're having this conversation. And I said to the room, words don't matter. (laughs) And there was a wordsmith in the room who said, wait, words do matter. And I said, okay, words matter, but they don't matter first. And I'll illustrate this for you. If I'm embodied, I can say just about anything. And the carrying wave of my embodiment enlivens within you whatever it is that I can't even speak of directly with words, but you understand at some deep level. Whereas if I'm not embodied, it doesn't matter how refined or honed my words are, because it will not enliven within you that ineffable presence that is what you are seeking. And we talked about it, and then we did lots of work and silence and so on. And the next morning, one of the members of the circle came down and she said, I have something I have to share. You know, where's the mic? And so somebody got her the mic and she said, Oh my gosh, there is something to this embodiment practice. Because yesterday I had four voicemails from new clients who called up wanting to hire me, and I've changed nothing in my marketing. I haven't done anything except yesterday I sat and embodied at a deeper level. And everyone in the room was like, whoa. And I just started giggling. And they're like, it can't be because it's embodiment. And I said, not only can it be, it is. Mm -hmm. There is no other explanation for it. You can't even get into any other explanation. You sat here and resonated in your, think of it, divine transmission tower, being who you're meant to be, the undistorted expression of divine presence called fill in the blank with your name. And everyone who was already tuned into that channel, knowing this is the messenger I meant to work with now all of a sudden sees you. Oh, it's Ken. It's Susie. It's Sharon. That's who I was supposed to be working with. They hear that message that they've been hearing in their soul that whole time. And now they connect it with you because you're embodied in that divine transmission tower. You are being who you really are. And look, it's, this is a challenging idea because how do you actually do this? And that's the thing. It's not actually a doing thing. It's not a thought It's not something you work at. It's not something you feel your way into. You move into a being experience of it. And then you integrate that 
on a deeper and deeper level. In other words, you practice it more and more. You resonate as who you are. And when you surrender, you just start letting whatever needs to come out, come out. I mean, I had this whole message in the first part of 2011 that was all about, you know, I help people who are dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, blah, blah, blah. That fit within that niche model of you have to <laughs> meet people's needs. It's an identified need, blah, 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 all of that. Paint right. the pain, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And in August, after I surrendered, I just started going, well, the heck with it. God's got a message here, and I'm just going to start speaking it. Instantly, there was traction instantly everything changed mm -hmm. <laughs> it's extraordinary it, it, it is and 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 i'd asked you earlier and i think this is a perfect opportunity you know, would you be open to going taking us through a bit of an embodiment yeah i'd, lo I'd love to do that yeah oh, i, I would really love to do that and you know we will have an experience of embodiment here and it, one of the things i want to say is that you it, for everyone who's listening just let go of the idea that it means whatever you think embodiment means or yeah. soul means whatever you think soul means and just open up to something different. And instead of positing what that is, let's just get rid of what we think all of that means. And we can do that by just taking a couple of deep breaths in. Let's take a deep breath in and hold And as you begin releasing this breath now, just let go of everything you think you understand, not just about embodiment and soul, but everything we've been talking about, you know, being an entrepreneur, being spiritual, what spirituality is, what it means when something happens in your body, just let all of that go all the way out to the count of eight. And as you're releasing that, if you haven't already, I just invite you, if you're comfortable, to close your eyes and begin releasing and then also inhaling in and out through the nostrils if that's comfortable. And if it's also comfortable, you could put your palms towards the sky. It's a great receiving posture. And be in a comfortable position. You could put your feet up or lie down or be walking, but the key is be comfortable. The divine is with us all the time, no matter how we are. So why not be comfortable? And let's take another deep breath in and hold. And as you begin releasing this breath now, just let go of everything that has come before since you were born. Yeah, all the challenges and all the dissonance, but, but also all the resonance, all the good stuff. If you can, let all of that drain out, release out as you exhale out to the count of eight. It's a way of opening up and being that blank slate for the divine to express. Or if you want to think of it in terms of attachment, it's a way of letting go of all attachments, the good ones and the negative ones, just everything. And then another deep breath in and hold. And as you release this breath now, 
letting go of everything that has come before since the inception of your soul. All the things that you know and are aware of, but also all those aspects of you that haven't yet revealed themselves, your potential, and maybe even everything beyond you as well out in the world. Let go of all of that as well, all the way out to the count of eight. And I may use some language that makes sense or doesn't make sense. Don't worry about it. Uh, some already in the circle might be wondering, well, why can't I hear what he's saying anymore? You're just sinking in to a deeper experience, which is perfect. The words I'm using do not matter. They are not the focus. They are available if they're helpful and if or when they become unhelpful, let them go and be with your own interior experience. For whatever remains in separation, I invite you to remove the universal plug. I'll do the same. Let's begin. Seven. You may wonder, what does seven mean? It is the seventh chakra, but it's much more than that, and it's nothing. You might have a sensation in your body of resonance that's nowhere near the top of your head or discomfort in your head. Remember, as you're embodying to feel fully whatever comes up, It's not about the chakras. Your soul enlivens every aspect of you. It's not about an intention because your soul wants to come home anyway. God's expression through me supports that in some way that I can't even articulate. Let's not worry about the words. Be in the experience. Six. If you're thinking, oh, I get it. We're going to five next. I'll get there faster. There's nothing to rush towards. It's like water flowing down a gentle hill. It'll make it its way to the bottom eventually. How it gets there doesn't matter. Whatever gets stirred up in the process, not important. Just be fully with the experience, whatever it is. I can feel from my perspective, these waves of resonance moving through. And that's beautiful. And if you're experiencing that, great. You might be thinking, oh, but there are waves of dissonance. Okay, great. Something is being enlivened. Feel it. Jump into it fully. Five. If you're still holding an intention, see if you can release it. 
consider this. If you were sitting next to a river holding an intention that the river flow downhill, it will flow downhill. But so too, the river flows if you drop all your intentions. So too, if you walk away or forget of the river's existence, still the river is flowing. Just as your soul is coming home, your essence, the spirit is enlivening every part of you for it's always happening. It's going on all the time. You could be stuck in a trauma cycle, Groundhog Day, living the same day over and over again, or you could be in a cycle of resonance deeper and deeper into divine presence in the interior of your body, being, mind, life. The difference, just being fully present with whatever comes up when you practice embodiment, that's it. Three, as we approach that boundary between the place in the body that is generally reflecting individual will and come up to the edge of divine will in the abdomen and the hips, there's an invitation to let go even here it's as temporary as you want it to be. You're in charge. Three. If there's something that would be helpful for your mind to focus on right now, you could just follow your breath. It's in through the nostrils, up to the crown, down into the lungs. And as you relax more and more, it appears to drift deeper and deeper into your abdomen and down into your hips. And eventually there is no end to that depth. It's like breathing down through a a tunnel, a tube, a funnel that extends down to the depth of the cosmos within. You don't have to push on it. As you breathe, everything opens up of its own accord. Nothing from you is required except to feel and express and experience to At some point, we all begin to encounter a simple fact. Not only is the breath becoming you and you are becoming the breath, but the divine is becoming you and you are becoming the divine. Not because you held an intention or focused on it, but because underneath all the noise and the distortion is the calm, undistorted, fully integrated expression of the divine mystery as you. 
if only you embody and be in your hips one. The breath offers this beautiful invitation. When you were born, one of the first acts in the body, you received the breath. And when you drop the body, one of the last acts will be to exhale. These two acts represent a circle that is available to you now. Breathing out, you release fully. Release your mind, your heart, your being into the arms of the divine. Breathing in, you receive that presence, unknowable, yet fully erupted within you. And then you let go again and receive anew. Underneath everything else is this divine presence. No matter what is happening out there, up there, up in the place of your life where you think stuff's happening to me, I have to figure out how to be safe. Or in the part of your life where you're thinking, I want to express my creativity and have it be this way. Down here, Everything is enlivened, all of you. The light is shining through every aspect of your being and life without any effort. Just to be is enough. To live your life from this perspective, to be the spiritually persistent, the spiritually present entrepreneur. You can do it from here. Everything that unfolds from this perspective is in complete resonance and alignment. And Sharon, I could hang out here for hours on end. <clears throat> Absolutely. Oh, I come back. So beautiful. I'm so, so grateful for that. That is absolutely perfect and so grateful. And I know, Ken, that you have really blessed us so much here today by being that that conduit. And you did provide a gift as well as all our guests do. So can you just share with people a little bit about what they're going to get in this uh, in this wonderful gift that you're providing them, what they're going to experience? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, and I don't want to forget to actually close the transmission here before mm. we wrap up. So okay. I'll do that here in just a moment. But okay. what 
what I've included in this gift, there are four pieces to the gift or four parts. The first part is um, a guided meditation that came in back in 2009. It's how I begin all longer transmissions, not, not this abbreviated form, but it's just a simple breathing process that supports movement from a separate perspective to a whole and connected perspective. And then there are a series of transmissions, uh, audio uh, sessions that are actual live transmissions that support uh, deeper and deeper embodiment. One around soul embodiment, one around embodying the divine transmission tower that we were talking about earlier. And all of these are available. You'll be able to download them um, just by following the link and putting in your name and email address. And then we'll email you the link to download these things. And you can immediately begin of extending and deepening this experience that we've just opened up to a little bit here in our time together over the last few minutes and expand this into every part of your life. Well, th thank you so much, Ken. And that is going to be on the episode page, but also we have a link, kenwstone.com slash embodiment hyphen for hyphen spiritual hyphen messengers, but it will be on the podcast episode page. So you'll have that as well. So everyone, you can just get that. And Ken, you said you wanted to close this transmission and then we can be, be uh, complete. Beautiful. It's just a few simple words, but it will help honor that beginning and end to the transmission. So when you're ready, I just invite you to return that universal plug. You may be wondering what that is. It's explained in the Divine Connecting Breath. It's a video and audio, and I'll bring the transmission to a close. And Sharon, I just want to thank you and your entire community and everyone gathered here in this circle in this moment now for the opportunity to sit and explore with words and also just to resonate and be together as we really are without any explanation or excuse, just the raw, undistorted expression of the divine that we all are. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. And it just was absolutely beautiful. And it was a perfect timing for when this is being aired. Um, absolutely important for us to really just be and we don't have to do anything, just really fully be and experience that unconditional love. It just was absolutely beautiful. And I'm so grateful to you. And thank you so much for being here. We're so incredibly grateful. We'd love to have you come back. And we can do more uh, and support people more. I would love that. Be an honor. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. And we see you all living a life of love and joy and peace and prosperity now in all ways, always. See you next time. Do you hate selling yet love to be of service? In my free masterclass, you will discover three soulful secrets to client conversations that feel joyful, easy, and fun. Using these secrets, one of my clients made $8,000 in one week, and another client made $100,000 in less than six months. Register now at www.coachingfromspirit.com masterclass.